Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big Bang and DJ Scream bring you Big Facts, the hottest podcast in the streets. Visit the new website today, www.bigfactspod.com. Live for first class sounds, you know who it is, DJ Scream, Big Bang, Baby Jade. And today we have a special, special, legendary guest on Big Facts. Yeah, for sure. Mr. What's My Favorite Word? Yes! <laughs> Too short as hell. Why you Big gotta Fact. say it like short? <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Mr. What's My Favorite Word? I like that. I might, might get that cheese. Sure, there you go. There you go. Welcome to Big Facts OG. How you feeling today? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's always good when I get back to the A, man. Always good. You, mm-hmm. you lived here. How long did you live here? I was here from 93 to 08. 93 to 08. 15 good years. And what made you, I wouldn't say at the peak, but you were just like popping, popping. What made you up and say, I'm going from the Bay today? Uh, freak Nick. Freak Nick. There you go. The wow. perfect place. <laughs> I came to Freak Nick 93. I heard about Freak Nick 92. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to it the next year. So I went to Freak Nick 93. Mm-hmm. I came here for the weekend. And you I never s- left. I stayed for two weeks. And then uh, I was I was about to buy a house in Oakland. And my homeboy from Oakland lived out here already. My homeboy, um, uh, my homie Tone. And he, um, he fucking was like, well, what kind of house you gonna buy? I said, like, nah, I probably spend like about 
you know, half a million, get a little something up in the hills. He was like, let me show you what you get for a half a million in Atlanta. Mm. So this freak Nick, we like riding around looking at a couple of properties and shit. I came back for Jack the Rapper a few months later. And I didn't even tell nobody what I was doing. I just kind of left the convention and I went and bought a house. Fuck <laughs> 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 like, it. And yeah. I, just, I just came out here, man. I, I don't know. I, I felt like, I don't know. It just called me, man. It was the colleges. It was the strip clubs. It was the, you know, I was looking at young Dallas Austin and Jermaine and it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was LaFace Records. I'm like, I, I'm about to come get down with this shit. So mm-hmm. I pulled up. Yeah, yeah. And Atlanta is always like, it, I don't think you had to fit in and no shit. Like, when you got here, it was like, people was just like, short here, and you just fit in. You know but, what I'm saying? But, like, I'm like, but you know, like, 93, it was a little different than this Atlanta. It oh, was way, before, this way was before much the different. Olympics. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, it was a different vibe. Way much different. And it's kind of like school days, the movie or something. You know, it was, it was, it was the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, tech wood, all that shit was it was lit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then it was the colleges, and it was that vibe, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. So, uh, I don't know, man. It just it, I, you niggas don't know this though. I lived in Atlanta in the '70s. I got one year in. I, I finished my seventh grade year, and I started my eighth grade year. I lived on Old National Highway, Camelot. Southside. Cam- yeah. I lived in Camelot. Wow. Yeah. That was probably like the Wayne Williams years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, I went to uh, M.D. Collins. Mm. I even went to, it was seventh grade, I went to the Meadows. Like people, people in College Park know these schools. But mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I, I, was, um, oh, yeah. I was out here. So my, my mama moved out here. And then I guess, I, I don't know, she didn't tell me, but I'm assuming she was like, Wayne Williams, I'm getting out of, the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't even... I don't necessarily believe Wayne Williams did all the murders, but mm. at the same time, you know, it was in the air. Mm. And and we did back to Cali. So mm. when I got to Atlanta in 93, I knew people. I knew certain people yeah, that I went to school with. I just kind of mm-hmm. fit in a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know. With being a legend and a pioneer of the game, what you think you brought to the game that's yet to be duplicated? Well, you know, I, I feel like, for one, every time you get a rapper with a dope style and a voice, people always steal it. Nobody never really stole too short voice. Facts. Nobody tried to mimic it or nothing. Mm. And then on the other side, my blueprint has always been funky music with a lot of bass and then just spit a lot of game. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I can name you the few that figured it out, but people try to do certain things and they have like the beats but they won't have a game. Mm. They might have a game, but they don't have the beats. It's like, it, it takes both. And you wonder like, you're like, man, this nigga can't really rap, but I'm spitting a lot of game and the beats sound so damn good in your car and people don't know that that's how we was cheating the game. Like we literally, like you mix your song in the studio. Mm. I mix my songs in the car. Mm. Like I, get, I go to the guy and, and get the best goddamn stereo I can get. And I'm like, okay, this one sound good. Mm. And, I just put everything to the test in that car. If it don't pass the car test, then it don't get mixed and mastered. Facts. Mm-hmm. So literally, my shit was customized for your expensive ass stereo in your car. Mm-hmm. That's hard. How did you How did you deal with back then? Oh, coming into the game, and the, you know, what I'm saying New York having a hold on it. And I know you used to always hear like the. Man, short can't rap, short can't rap in Atlanta. We like, nigga, he the best rapper because we can relate to it. But they were like, he's not lyrical. He's not all this other bullshit. Like, how did you go from? 
that space to them same people wanting to do music with you? Well, first and foremost, um, the guys I was working with, we used to have a strict policy. Let's let's do everything that they don't do. Whatever mm-hmm. they do, the let's, let's yeah. not do that. Mm-hmm. And let's do some shit they ain't doing. So that was first and foremost to just be not not trying to be like New York. And then I like New York rap. I love it, but I'm saying mm-hmm. I didn't want to be it. So then on top of that, like the first reviews I got. When I signed a jive and I'm, I'm like on the national scale, na- national level, uh, all the reviews were shitty. They was like, can't rap, beats, <laughs> whack. I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. The first whack review I got, it kind of hurt because it was a major publication. I'm reading it. I'm like, damn, I thought I, you know, when I do shows, they love me. Mm-hmm. And then I started making that money. Mm-hmm. So the, the next cycle when they gave me the bad reviews, I was like, shit, they got a swimming pool at the house. I got to <laughs> right. around like fuck that right. review. Yeah. So it, it didn't it didn't really bother me, and and then I started embracing it to where I was like they don't understand it because if you got on the walk, man, and you on the train, you ain't gonna get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Vice versa. If I'm if I'm in my car, yeah. I just spent twelve thousand yeah. on the sound system, yeah. and you put in um some, some boom bap or something, you know, with no with no real bass, mm-hmm. and it's intense, and it's, you know it's a certain energy like. Like, this shit sound good in your headphones. You got your walkman, you on the train, you people stressing you out and shit, and you like trying to shut out the world. If, if It works. Mm-hmm. But that shit, I make, you need a fucking $10,000 system to bump it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I understood that. And I, I played my, I, I played my lane and they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. Man, I was, I, I had like, like, Seven, six, seven platinum albums before they even realized what I was doing. Mm. I was putting I think, out albums every think, nine months. I think they blamed you for niggas not trusting relationships too, bro. <laughs> well, you know, um, that's another thing that people don't understand is I've been my music is really educational. Like I it really, is. I really like put these stories in there and I give you these scenarios and I tell you the do's and don'ts and. It's just like it's like passing the game. I, I look at it like I'm just I'm just this one person talking to one other person, mm. and I'm just giving you the game. Like this is how I walked I walked around the city, and the OGs was giving me the game. The OGs love to give you the game, mm. so yeah. I'm like I'm gonna pass the game on, and that's all I was doing. And and people took to that shit like it's like, bro, don't don't let her pull up on you and tell you you got to give her give her all your money. Like don't do it. Mm. Niggas is like, man, I, I was I was a sucker, then I listened to some short, <laughs> some short dog, and I got the game. That's, that's the, that was the purpose. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if cocktails would have been a book, it would have been a bestseller. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when I first got to Atlanta. That's, yeah. that's, that's the first thing I made in Atlanta was cocktail. I recorded that album at Dallas Austin Studio. Mm. I shot the video out here, everything. Yeah. You see them yeah. trees in the background? <laughs> For real. So look, I want to ask you something and I want you to like just answer me like very seriously. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you ever trademark bitch? Well, I've been asked that and you know, early on. It was just my thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I feel like Ice Cube had a record. That it was uh, a bitch is a bitch or something. And he said it at the end. And then uh, uh, AMG came with, uh, bitch better have my money. And it's going, mm-hmm. bitch, bitch. I think he was sampling the Ice Cube song mm-hmm. in that song. And then people kind of started saying it. And it was like, you know, I was, I was, I had mixed emotions. But the big picture of it is Death Row comes along. Snoop Dogg started saying it. Death Row adopted it. Like, be honest, they put a little twist on it. And I feel like, let's say had I trademarked it before that, and I'm like, anybody said, you got to pay me. 
I don't feel like it would have became what it what it what it, what it, what, it, what it did. But it if hasn't. I, they didn't. Bitch wasn't actually trademarked until two thousand nine. But I'm saying, had you not given it to the world, oh okay, I see what you're it saying. wouldn't have been the thing. It would have been my yeah. little thing, and I would have suppressed it and and kept it right here, and it yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. Have, the world couldn't have had it. So it's yeah. like it's like a contribution, man. And that's what that's what hip hop is. Hip hop. But see, like in today's in today's music, like niggas are the opposite. Like I said this first, or I made this word, or but let's I did say, this let's just look at like, hip hop. What if you could? Trademark a hairstyle or a fashion style like hip hop is a is a gift. Like yeah, we, yeah, the whole fun, the when whole rappers culture. do something, the whole world does it. The whole yeah. culture for like, sure. So it's like that's that's what we do. We give out phrases and new looks and slick words, and we give it to the world. Like that's what we do. Yeah. It's a you gift. Heard. Bitch was my gift to the world. I gave <laughs> short. Let me get a bitch. Here you go. <laughs> it's a gift. Nah, sure. <laughs> we, we got some news about uh, Kevin Samuels passing away. What's or how, how you feel about his philosophy and the stuff that he said in the game and the, the well the, not, the what he what he was kicking. I don't know the whole journey. I look, all I know is the recent uh, clickbait. Right. So I can't get to to the gist of what it where yeah. it came from yeah. and what it was. I don't know. It was it sounded like some pimping, but then it sounded real like you know anti female. I don't know. You yeah, know? Right. yeah. Well, Pimpin' Ken was saying he called it miss pimping. Exactly. That's what, exactly. what Pimpin' Ken said. I was reading the quotes and I'm like, I don't know what where this what this pimping is, but it, right. it he sounded <laughs> he sounded slightly angry because it, it, it was hateful. It was hateful, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. the last thing you want to do to get a hold of hope for you is. Be, be super hateful, you know or what I mean? mean. You, you gotta finesse it. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he, uh, maybe he had a background in like some some serious gorilla pimping. You know, bitch, I kill you if you don't hoe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the story, so I can't really put an opinion on it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Over the years, how, how, how have you dealt with just like oh, women who might be mad at you because of your music? How, how have you dealt with that? Uh, well, in life, you gotta have your your balance, man. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta know this. So something that I always did, and you can talk to the to the women that know me, like I will get on that stage in that studio and talk a lot of shit, but then I'll get off the stage and I'll be like a gentleman. Mm. And even though, you know, it's it's one hundred percent player status, I'm still running it from like a gentleman aspect. Mm. So so when you leave the room they don't go, oh, that nigga came in here disrespectless. That nigga, like, I, it, it was like, damn, I thought he was going to be rude. And he was nice. Like, it's, it's a it's a balance in there. So yeah. So then when you do, like, um, she's like, oh, man, this nigga fucked me for two weeks and ain't called me no more. It's, it's not so bad. Because I didn't, for two, weeks I, <laughs> for two weeks, I wasn't being disrespectful, yeah, you know? Right. So it's, it's a balance. But um, I try never to uh, walk through life and, and act like too short. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I, it doesn't really work for me, but I know that people are influenced by me and they try, bitch, what's up, bitch? What y'all doing, like, bitch? I, I don't do that myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, hey, ladies, what's up? How y'all doing? What y'all right. getting into? Like, it's, right. it's, it's player. Yeah. So, um, I just kind of like, uh, I, I just be myself. So, yeah. would you consider Too Short a character? It's definitely some shit I made up in my room when I was in high school. Just, I made the shit up, but it's real ingredients. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not. I didn't have to go out. I ain't never lie. I did not go out and pimp all the hoes in Oakland and and on the road. But you got out. the game from the true Max and gave I, it back to the to exactly. The, to the, yeah, I represent the game, but at yeah. the same time, you know, I hoes have walked up to me and handed me all kind of money. I don't give it back. I keep it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I never was like, bitch. You better make the quota every day, like. 
I had a, I had a hoe. Like, get, you were never a police pimp. Yeah, no, I, was, I had a hoe give me money for years. I never once said, what time you get off work? When you going? I, she's just like, I got something for you. Okay. This girl walked up to me at a club in Las Vegas and said, this, I quote her, I never forget her quote. She said, nigga, you the reason why I'm hoeing and handed me a, a, a little thing of money. It was like tiny. A bankroll. It was tiny. It was tiny, but I I looked at it. It was a crowded club. I looked at it later. It was $1,800 bills. I was like, okay. That's the game coming back to you. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. It, what's the, what's, if a young nigga pulled up on you who just got into this shit and asked you with the key to longevity, what's your tell? Um, I just think, you know, the work ethic has always been it for me. Like, And I noticed the people who win in this game are always the overachievers. They're the ones who put in the most work. So yeah. you sitting there measuring talent and skills and all the looks and all this shit but it's really the hustler man the, the hustler wins in this right. and my whole life I've been a hustler like really my feet on the pavement I started off people say too short so tapes out his trunk nigga we was on foot we didn't have a car we was literally on the bus with a fucking paper bag full of cassette tapes and, and selling in the hood and shit so I just think it's the hustle man I, I tell a motherfucker when you put in all this work and you get your foot in the door and you look around and you're like, oh, shit, I'm, in, I'm on stage. They love me. I made it. Like, that, like you should look at it like the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is where it starts. Started. Yeah. 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 And then every time. You got to try to figure out how to keep that shit going. Every time you set these goals and you achieve them, whether you do or not, when set you get to more. that point. Set mm-hmm. some more. I'm just starting. It's, it exactly. starts all over again. Exactly. It, yeah. it ain't no end game. Right. Exactly. And, and when you right. think like that, you're the winner. Exactly. You're going to win. Never satisfied. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, it's it's a philosophy that is it's easily said, but it really requires you. Like, if you're the kind of motherfucker that stay up till four in the morning kicking it, you still got to get up at nine and hustle. Like, you can't be the guy who sleeps all day. You can't be the guy who's, who mm-hmm. who delegates and, and you, like, laying around. The money coming in, you're like, hey, man, go do that, man. You do that. Like, if you ain't doing it, it's going to get away from you. So, but, I'm hands on. They, they always say, like, man, let, let me do it. Like, nah, bro, I got it. I, I carry these boxes. I, I'll do the shit. I'll do the edit. I, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I, 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 I tell a motherfucker Hustle hard. That's all. Mm. What 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 year would you say your rap career started? Well, I had a I had a high school career. Uh-huh. I had a rap partner named Freddie B, uh-huh. and we were really popular around the Bay. It was cassette tapes we sold. Mm. Everybody duplicated them. We was hot. We used to DJ house parties in the hood. No matter where we showed up at a dance, whatever they they loved us. Mm. And then um. Then I had my little independent career mm-hmm. where, you know, I was on 75 Girls Records. That was a little independent label out of, out of Oakland. Then I started my own independent label, Dangerous Music. Mm-hmm. And then I signed a Jive and the shit went big. I'm, I'm on the um, Easy e Call Me Up. Mm-hmm. I'm on the, um, the the Straight Outta Compton tour. Mm-hmm. And I think shit just started there. That's why I really feel like the shit happened. Right. Was that Straight Outta Compton tour. I was I was independent. Have you know have a lot of money? Jive Records came along, signed us, and then um, we drop a. I dropped the album Life Is Too Short. Mm-hmm. It's my first time getting like a radio song. I'm on the radio. I got I'm on MTV Raps, all this shit, and then Easy Call say you want to go on the tour, get out on the stage. It's like fifteen, twenty thousand, twenty five thousand sold out, mm-hmm. and you know, man, I'm like, I'm like, okay, so they gave me this much money. To make an album, then I go out and I, I get this much real tour. I'm like, nigga, put me back in the studio. Let me ask you something about that tour too. What I was kind of trying to get that. So, and correct me if I'm wrong. In your whole career, you never had security. 
but not, not like I didn't have security. Okay. I didn't have a bodyguard. You didn't have a bodyguard. I guess. Yeah, you. like we were secure. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like it was safe. I had to. Right. I brought the right homies. I, I brought. I brought. Um, I used to go on tour with like. Okay, this is what I, this is what I consider real security. Mm-hmm. So we all hanging out, and we in the element wherever it is. It's the at the party scene. I used to like to walk around the crowd. Mm-hmm. After I do the show, I get out off stage and walk through the crowd and take pictures and, mm-hmm. and meet people and stuff, and. I would tell like one or two guys, like guys who like them guys to mm-hmm. do, do that do that thing. I'm like, act like you ain't with me. So basically, we rolling. It's like four or five of us, and but it's like two of us over there on the on side. The cover hills. And then <laughs> them the dudes that you know you, you could be disrespectful. We ain't finna. We we used to have a we like we had a policy like let's get home, mm-hmm. let's get home safe. Mm-hmm. So in that policy, it's like like man. Bro, buddy, right there was pretty disrespectful. But that's like, let's not go fight him right now. Stay on him for a little while. Fuck him up later. And that's how we used to get down. We like, you know, we'd get our little revenge and get home, and you wouldn't even know. You like, man, fuck too short. But at the same time, you got beat up later that night and didn't even know I did that. So that's that's how we used to get down. And I was like, I never felt like, I just never felt like big dudes, like the dudes six eight. It's like I used to call them a body bluff. I'm like. If we had a big deal, I'm like, you, you do the body bluff, but then then really the real dangerous dude. Yeah, because like, them mm-hmm. niggas are blowing muscles up mm-hmm. off of you. I seen them big dudes, man. It's For real. Like everybody act different when they go pop, pop, pop. Everybody got a different reaction. Right. I tend <laughs> I tend to try to locate, like, you know what I'm saying? Before I get to diving and ducking, I kinda wanna locate a little bit. Okay, it's, it's over there. And they they scattering over there. So that's uh, you know what I'm saying? I try mm-hmm. to evaluate and then I react instead of running to the bullets or <laughs> diving into them or some shit. Uh, <laughs> but them big dudes, watch when they go pop, pop, pop. Mm. You supposed to be bodyguarding me, man. Them big dudes, they get light on their feet when they pop, pop out. <laughs> I'll be saying that. They get light. Like big dudes, how you get, how you get up under that desk over there? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm not saying all big dudes. Yeah, I don't want the yeah, whole big crew to come around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's some it's some tough ass dudes that'll fight you, but when they hear that pop up, yeah, niggas will leave you dry. Hang, would you so dry. would you advise in this current state of music, like if you had artists, mm-hmm. or you do probably do have artists, would you advise them to now move without security? I would talk to the homies because it seems to me the the part that's messed up in the in the equation right now is the homies. Mm. So, right, I'm the rapper. They bring us the problem. Now we got a problem. We got to deal with. I feel like okay. I'm I'm the one that make the most money in the crew. I'm employing a few of y'all. We getting money. If I run to the fight and get messed off, the whole hustle is over. If they get to me any kind of way, if it's something happened, uh, some crimes get charged with people or something, you know what I'm saying? And I go down, the hustle stops. So the first thing you do is like the president, you like get the money. You got to protect the the side. But the 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 the, the ego is like I'm fighting with my homies. Mm -hmm. I used to. But I used to ask my homies like, "Bro, I got money, man. Let me get in on the dope hustle. Let me get, let me, you know, let me get down." Niggas like, "Nigga, if I ever see you selling dope, I'm fucking you up." Like, yeah, real like, niggas around you for real. Like literally, like my boy explained it to me one day. He said, "Man, you get us into places we can't never get into in life. You take us places we can never go." Mm-hmm. He's like, "We need you to be you. We got this other thing. We doing this. He doing that. We don't need you to do. What we do. We we need you to do what you do." Mm-hmm. And once I realized that, I was like, okay, like I'm not punking out because I'm not fighting every battle with the homies. But they like, bro, we need, we, we don't need you as a soldier, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not. That ain't even chosen to do some. Yeah. Shit. So even if it was like, like um, it was a fight one night, 
It had nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with nobody I'm with. And the fight break out. And, you know, my crew, we, we, we used to like to scatter. We don't really like stand in a pack. So we split up, act like we ain't together, whatever. You do get two of y'all over there. Y'all, we, we just cool. And a dude walk up. He like, the fight's going down way away from me. He like, man, too short. You okay? And my homie said, bro, back up. And he said, man, I'm just trying to see a short. That was it. He could get no more words. He was asleep. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's just how we get down, bro. It's like, you know, like we just... We're trying to get home. Mm. That's the only thing yeah. we say. Let's get home. And you feel like everybody took care of you because you took care of them too. Yeah, I, 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 I gave back, mm. and I, I didn't never have to get extorted or you know what I'm saying when nobody bullied me and nothing. I gave back like naturally. I know what I got from Oakland. Mm. I know what I got. I got everything. So I'm like, at any given time, I knew who to look out for, who to put in what position, and it just it was politics, man. Mm. None, oh, of the, at- none of the rap game done expanded. Like it's like these young niggas getting different bags these days. Like. Yeah, and they, and I think they just a little too involved with um, you know, the OGs before me. They 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 would be telling you like, uh, you can't let everybody know what you got. You know what I'm saying? Like bragging is with social media is a big thing now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I never I never really like condone that. Really like just just. Bragging, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, ultimate, ultimate, like the shows, like, like, see, back, back in the day, the shows could be like, if you was getting fifty thousand, you were like it. the biggest artist. Yeah. Now these niggas getting like but, a half a million, million dollars for shows. Yeah, I know, but then the dudes before me didn't get what we got. Exactly. We, we, come in at, we come in the late eighties, early nineties. We upped it up. We in arenas and stuff, and you know, it, it just kept elevating. I feel like you gotta, you gotta be a trailblazer. You gotta open doors for the next ones. Like I don't know what's. What's next after these guys? Yeah. These guys are opening doors for something that's next. Yeah. What is that? Is it is it corporate? I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't, what's what's athlete, next? Rappers getting Drake just got an athlete contract. Yeah, so like yeah, half a billion. Me, you know yeah, so, you know, yeah. so, but, so it's like I played my part. If uh, if I sold, I had six platinum albums in a row. If I did that right now. You know what I mean? That, the value of that would be way more than what I got. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. what I could do. I as as six platinums in a row, I was very popular, mm-hmm. but not there was not one corporation that was like, let's take this popularity and use them as and as flip they, it to endorse our product. Yeah. Like they 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 didn't want no parts of us. Like they barely wanted to let us in the arenas, even though we could sell them out. They're like, man, don't let them dudes up in there. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't even get the tours. They was making up shit like uh, the insurance is too much, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So uh, to see where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. I'm I'm celebrating for the young homies. I'm like, man, get that bag. Like one song. They said they need Elsa's. About what? Will I get big fat? Big fat, big fat. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who your favorite new artist? Like, I mean, your favorite current artist? Yeah, I never could really like endorse new guys. You gotta stick around for a couple albums, couple years. I'm gonna throw a name out of somebody that uh, they they say you you influenced a lot though, and that's Larry June. Yeah, he, a, a lot of people say. Who? 
Larry June from, oh, the, from, from the Bay. Yeah, I, I see Larry June. I'm like, what's oh, up, Larry man? Larry like the biggest Bay artist. I'm like, love the music, man. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, bro, I used to be at your house when I was five years old. Oh, y'all knew each other. <laughs> his family is my family, you know, like his his people's is my is my people. Like so yeah. it's like his mom and them, they, you know, it Oakland is small, man. The bay is small. Mm. And you kinda like a generation, so it, we all connected. So I'm connected to his older Got people. Gotcha, makes sense now. Mm-hmm. So oh, how do you think the the music scene in the bay was affected by the death of Mac Dre? Well, Mac Dre went out like a martyr. You know what I mean? He was yeah. like, he's the guy. So you had, you got two short and E40. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to say, man, they, they they the ones that, that set it off. And then, um, and then you got Mac Dre and Keek the Snake. And they, right, came, right. they came along and they just, you know, took all the youngsters and just whipped them in a frenzy and the hyphy movement. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, when Mac Dre got killed, it was like a... Martin Luther King in the Bay, you know what I mean? It was it was that kind would you, of loss. Would you would you compare it almost similar to like how when Nipsey got killed to Los Angeles? It's the same thing. It's the same Biggie Pac. It's the same loss. And I mean, they stole his headstone. They, I mean, people people like to this day oh. in the Bay to this mm-hmm. day. If you put on any of those Drake classics, I mean, they go crazy. It's like like. I'm the first one to do it. Right. Multi-platinum, all that. 40 come along. He he just like, like, I mean, he just like songs like Sprinkle Me and Captain Sabo. <laughs> he just like, like, I'm, I'm 4-0. Like, I'm here. Yeah, right. But Mac Dre was like, he was like the people's champ. Like, he, he never sold records like me and 40, but he was the people's champ. Like, you, I could personally go to the Bay, the OG, and I say something bad about Mac Dre, I'll be in a fight out there. Like they be like, "OG, I love you, but you just bad talk Mac Dre." OG, you got, you got to get, gotta get it. <laughs> yeah. you gotta that's get how it. much they love that brother. So that that his thing that he did though, he he touched the people. Like he was the guy who danced in the streets with him. You know, right? Like right. he he was that character that they said, "I see, he's right there." Right. You know what that I mean? Tangible like, object. He's real. Yeah. Dre pimp hoes. Dre's a fool. Dre went to the pen. <laughs> Dre, you know. With the with the with the drama Everything. with the bank robberies, all it was like yeah. that's our guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's hard. I'm the OG. I, I'm like, I was on before all of them, so it's like, like my man Mr. Fab say he, he always tell him he like man, it's gonna take yeah, you. Shout out to Fab. Yeah, that's my man. he's like yep. it take you about eight times and to meet too short before he really know who you are. Mm-hmm. So the first seven times, I'm like, what's up, homie? <laughs> like, I'm acting like I met you for the first time. We didn't met six times already. I've been there with you, <laughs> but I've been, <laughs> been there with I'm you. I'm just saying, man. I'll so met you like, with guys. You like 30 times. You finally got it like on number exactly. 30. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but back to that. Uh, what, what artist that you, if you had to say like, I fuck with that little artist, that, which one would it be? Uh, let's just put them in the, in the category. You can tell me who they are. So they come in the game and they go, they blow up, and we like the music. First time around, we see that so many times. Yeah. Second time around, it's it's really hard the second time mm-hmm. to to capture it. But I feel like once you get that house and that money and shit, shit change, and you ain't got to stand on the corner no more, I feel like it gets harder to say, like like take a young Jeezy. That's one of my favorites. And his rap style. So when he got to the fourth and the fifth album, he was still bringing it. That's hard to do. Yeah. To still bring that and to bring that 
to be convincing, to satisfy your fans, and to be sitting in a big house with the the baddest chick. She she all on you. The, the video game or whatever. The the blunts is is flowing like water. It's hard to to maintain in that situation. So. I just feel like if you could string it together for some years, man, and you could you could make good music, good shows, satisfy the crowd, you know, the, your audience is loving you. I, that, those are my favorite. It's so hard to do. It sounds it sounds like when you like think about all of our rappers over the years, mm-hmm. and like man, I love that song. Where is he? What happened? Like, so, but how did yeah. you do it? Um, I, I give a lot of my credit to like my first cousins and my homies, because. Um, at the moment in time, the big head is what throws you off mm-hmm. when you get the big head. So when you got the people around you that's like, you know, like you got um, you got a, a rap name, but then you got the other name that the, 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 the your real name, mm-hmm. your real nickname. Mm-hmm. Them the people that's supposed to keep you grounded. Right. And if you get the big head, you, you when you start going, man, I always look at rappers like this. So I'm like. Uh, so and so just stepped up, fired his whole crew. That's always a bad sign. Mm-hmm. When you get Facts. when you get rid of the, uh, the people you came up with, mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not you. That's the magic. Right. Like Too Short has never been just me. Too Short is all of Oakland. It's my whole crew. Mm-hmm. It's it's my family. Like it's a lot of elements to what makes Too Short. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, when I sit around, I tell you like a crazy story. I'm in a song. I might be telling you my homeboy story. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I needed them. I needed to be at that domino table and hear that shit talking. I'm like, that's them songs. Mm. Yeah. So um when you when you shake the crew and the shit don't work, <laughs> it ain't no going back across that bridge, man. You burn them bridges. I just think my favorite rappers are the ones like the TIs, you know what I'm saying? And when you say young rappers, they ain't really got that level yet of of um Show and prove, you know. Yeah. Right. So I'm just, I'm just waiting. Like, like I used to have my eye on future. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder, you know, because I, I knew him before the shit. I'm like, I wonder if he gonna make it, and he made it. Mm-hmm. He made it over the second album, third album, same, like, and, and you watch him. Like, I, I get really proud when they get over the hump, and I'm like, okay, he figured it out. And I look at you, you rolling up with the fifty man entourage, people, mm-hmm. you employing people and stuff. Once you start, your bag is big enough to pay. Other people, I'm like, now you're doing it right. right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then, some, exactly. then you get the offspring. You like everybody. We like we like trees. All of us are like <laughs> trees, and everything that you create from your tree is another Flourish one of your you. branches. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you, you take a take a tree like Easy E. Let's take away Easy E. And who is his tree branches? Dr. Dre. You know, Ice, Ice Cube, Cube. Mm-hmm. and then Dre branch off to Snoop Dogg and Eminem and Fifty Cent. Like, yeah. like, mm-hmm. but if would all that happen if Easy E didn't sell dope and flip his dope and buy a studio and, and produce an album and hook up Dr. Dre? What I mean, what do we get? Like, what is right. your tree? Yeah. What, is, what, is, right. what? Not just you. What are you? What are you gonna branch out to be? So that's, that's a good question. What is your tree? Fact, so those yeah. are my favorite yeah. rappers. You need to write that down in the Bible for sure. <laughs> but my, my niggas, like my youngsters, who are gonna turn into tree branch trees and and the branches are gonna grow. They're my favorite rappers. What's gonna come from you? Yeah. Basically. So mm-hmm. and you can't figure that out on your first album. You can't figure that out the first two or three mm-hmm. times out. You gotta stick around. Yeah. You mm-hmm. gotta go through some 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 stuff. They gotta push you and test you. You gotta, you know, can you can you can you blow up? Fall the fuck off and blow back and up again. Back. Can you there do you that? Go. That's there the main thing. Because that's was that's longevity. I I didn't stay on always. Like it was it was times, man. You sitting there trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You gotta figure that shit out. Facts. So let me ask you this. Um, just going back to something you were saying, where you were just speaking on about how 
basically Oakland gave you everything. So you gave back Oakland. Have you ever had to deal with somebody that you've given back to that didn't reciprocate that give back or that didn't appreciate it and kind of flip the script on you? Uh, I've had a lot of uh, politics in my life. Mm-hmm. And I just think that um, I got those good people around me and we just deal with everything head on. And yeah, I've had, I've had ungrateful you, motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, bite the hand that feeds you situations. Yeah. I, I've right. had that. I've had um, people who I helped out in a major way. Mm hmm didn't really like manage it right to help and then they come back go help me again i'm like ain't no more help and they get mad yeah i'm like bro that was the i was a one-time hit i hit you you were supposed to get out and you didn't get out so um but i also have uh i'm I'm not gonna drop names i I have i have people that like i have people that's like man i just just point me in somebody's direction somebody that you don't like i'm like bro it's cool right now (laughs) So, so you know it's like a lot of people know. People have found out that I did some really good favors for some really uh, powerful people, and you know, and never got a favor in return. Right. And they like, let me know when. So a lot of people know, like, like, bro, just leave dude alone, because, like, when, because when you come at him, it don't just be him right. getting back at you. They, they come from everywhere. Like, I, I got. We, I'm in. The, I'm in the gangster network. I don't know if you know about it, but it's it's nationwide, worldwide. I'm I'm in on the network mm. for real. So how does that? I mean, like, so when you when you're dealing with those people that don't reciprocate properly how they're supposed to, how do you prevent that from like internally affecting your mental? As far as you wanting to do something for other people, you see what I'm saying? Does how do you prevent that from making you not want to stop doing? Because the game is a thing. It's not this game you run on people. The game is an entity. It's a thing. It's yeah. this knowledge that you have. It's the way you roll. It's where you fit in. Mm-hmm. You and your game. And I think that when you try to give it to somebody. You're giving it to them because you think they're worthy of it. So when you find out that that person's not worthy, yep. you give it to the ones who just keep giving it. You don't stop giving. Like I'm a giver, so you we don't know. stop. You don't we stop know. giving just because that person messed it up. Yeah, you're like, I fuck these niggas. I ain't doing it no more. It ain't like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like you cut that part off and then you move on to this part, and, and I just don't even think about it anymore. Because I believe that this thing, when when you get it and you figure it out, you gotta share it. Yeah, you don't you don't deserve you don't deserve it if you don't share. It. I feel yeah, I feel the so, same way. I feel the same way. So that's the blessings because um, little things. I mean, little things from just a, a moment of time and a little bit of advice, of uh, 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 just um actual help like stepping stones in somebody's life these levels that we go to like the little guy I, 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 I've been around a long time the little guy always seems to blow up bigger than you mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. a lot of people in our industry have a tendency to shit on the little yep. guy mm-hmm. it's a natural yep. fucking yep. thing it's like get my thing dude it's like you just treat them bad like mm-hmm. you ain't you ain't up here with us mm-hmm. but you don't realize that they remember that shit yeah. and if you've been a good if you've been a good energy mm-hmm throughout this shit like shit come back you least expect it yeah fact. least expect fact. it like you you be in a, a situation where you might be needing a, a financial play and one of your little homies that blew up like bro I got you mm-hmm. you might be somewhere outnumbered in a situation somebody roll up out the blue go bro you having a problem oh man you, you good here we here fact. you're like damn I didn't even know like yeah mm-hmm. so same nigga you could have shitted on but you didn't 
and now they saving you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I just I just think uh, you got to treat everybody the same. You got to you got to respect. Yeah. Disrespect the people that that earned it that that, that deserve it. But outside of that, respect people up until the point where they they don't deserve, earn your respect. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One milestone in your career you 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 were you were the first rapper to retire. You retired, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So the two things I, I guess I ask is. What sparked that retirement? And then on the on the other end, there were people that said, well, the retirement might have been like a marketing move. Can you elaborate a little bit on the too short retirement and coming out it, of the retirement? It was both. On, on the marketing side, it was the most publicity I got for free. Mm-hmm. Outside of, um, the only thing that that might have topped that was uh, TMZ got me running from the police. Mm-hmm. That, that, that might have been some yeah. really good free press too. Right. But, so I was... 30 years old, I had I was releasing my 10th album. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, on these numbers, I'm like, we're we talking 1996. Mm-hmm. In 1996, if you was a 30-something-year-old rapper, the, it went like this. And that old-ass nigga still rapping? Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was like mm-hmm. 30-something. You was like an old OG OG. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, like, it was the numbers. I was like, 10 albums, all of them platinum gold. I'm, I'm turning 30. I retire. I quit. I walk away from the game. Mm. And it, it sounded real good, but then I dropped the album and reality set in. It's like it was, the album was uh, getting it album number 10. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started like renegotiating. Don't, don't quit. You, <laughs> you want this? I st- my phone started blowing up. They're like, OG, you going to retire? Uh, can I get you on a song? I started doing all these features and stuff. I'm like, man, I'm not giving this up. <laughs> the wheels are still on the car, man. I ain't. Right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I came back with the next album was called Can't Stay Away. And I'm like, man, I, my first album, the first time they ever put me in the studio, I'm making an album. They say, what you want to name the album? I'm thinking, like, what's my name? I'm like, uh, name it Don't Stop Rapping. Mm. Like, why that? I'm like, because I ain't going to never stop rapping. So so that's my that's my career theme is Don't Stop Rapping. Mm. I just turned 56, and I'm still fucking rapping. Mm. And I'm about to do a sold-out show tonight and the next night and the next weekend. And I'm like, the wheels ain't fall ain't fell off yet, so let's roll. You had your first child or your daughter at 52? Yep, she's 52 when I was born. First kid. Wow. And you've been with your wife for 22 years, correct? You've been on it. You've been off uh, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. Oh, okay. That is hilarious. So somebody on Wikipedia, somebody on Wikipedia keep, well, I, I didn't have this deleted a hundred times. They keep putting it back up. That I've I read it too. I, I try to research it myself. Yeah. So it was a wife. Somewhere, it's on a couple of other websites too. It's like I tucked her away somewhere in New Mexico and she got a bunch of babies and uh <laughs> they be saying like names. They like, listed her as like Esperanza. So I seen names like Eric or something. <laughs> yeah. And then then they'll put like I seen one where they like got this name and this story, but then the picture is Guapale. And I'm like, she from Oakland. I'm like, you know we married, right? And it's just uh So I don't know. Like I don't know why they would do that. I've never been married, never been engaged, never I never, You're lying. I've only in my life twice even had like a live-in like girlfriend. Like I, I for real. I'm scared of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like for real. Like it's 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 um. What frightens you about it? Because of the lifestyle, I I I chose a certain lifestyle at a young age. I wanted to have fun. I wanted. All right, let me let me give you a story. 
First tour I ever went on, straight out of Compton tour. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I was in love with my girlfriend. I wouldn't even bite my tongue and hesitate until I was in love. And the flight was booked, tours booked. First stop was Nashville. I, I kissed my girlfriend. I love you, baby. Uh, you know, I'm calling you every day, all day. As soon as the fucking plane touched down. I never talked to her ever again. What the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> never again. Like what? I never. Hmm? As soon as the plane says, I start having fun. Yeah, I see. And I was like, I love the bitch. I wasn't trying to dog her or nothing. I was just like, that would be so unfair to keep her in this. Would it be? Would you consider that self sabotage? Yeah, but I'm the part. The point I'm saying is, okay, I I meet you, fall in love with you, All right? We hanging out a month or two, and I'm like, okay, I'm at this shit now. I'm like, I I got to say, look, I love you, but I can't be in love. I can't do this because I'm not I'm not going to be with just you. I'm never going to be around. And I just, I used to just keep it real. And yeah. I'm like, and they're like, but I want to be with you. I'm like, but you understand what being with me is. It ain't cool. I'm telling you right now, I'm not cool. <laughs> and I just leave it at that. So I'm like... It used to get difficult. I, I had this one safety mechanism where I would just come in the door going, they're like, well, you know, I, I like you a little bit. You seeing anybody? I'm like, yeah, I got a girlfriend. But I'm I'm lying. I don't really have yeah. a girlfriend. And I, they're like, oh, you got a girlfriend? I'm like, but she don't live out here. She lives in another city. So that would be my safety mechanism for... Like not getting too attached. Yeah, I get involved with her, and then if she ever see me somewhere, I'm like, what are you doing? Who was that? I'm like, I told you I had a girlfriend when I met you. Like it just was all these different safety mechanisms, and I, I just, I love falling in love. I just didn't like being in love. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot that's of hard. niggas. Though. That's hard. I'm just saying, but a lot of niggas will stay in the relationship and drag her through it, have kids with her. She living there, niggas just living a foul ass yeah. life. And I'm like, I didn't want to do that to anybody. So at that point, I never let that get into my life. Yeah. And so I, you, um, you never, you never got down ticking when a bitch be like, okay. Well, queen, which we're trying not to call them bitches somewhere. We got two short hairs, right? You know <laughs> when they be like, well. I'm willing to take whatever come with you. Yeah, I had that. I, that scares me too. Like, 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 nigga, you can do whatever you want. Just don't bring nothing home. I'm scary. Like, well, what the fuck you gonna be doing? Yeah, mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Mm. I, I got mm. the green light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what light you on? Yellow or red? What you on? So that, that scared me too. So yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't like that one. Uh, but I did have a lot of fun in Atlanta because I used to find figure that the um the best the best best friend was always like a girl that liked girls. That's the best, best friend. So I was like, instead of hanging out with a bunch of the homies, I would hang out with a bunch of girls. And I'd be like, you know, chicks that like chicks. And I'm like, it just makes life easier, you know? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's like, we, we competing for the same thing. You know, girls get girls way easier than dudes do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was fun. It was fun, man. I, I was spoiled out here, man. I got to the point out here where I was like, one girl? Like, I, I I'm going home. I, only, I, I can only get one girl tonight. I'm going by myself. Mm. I, I'm like, if unless it's two or more, I'm not doing it. Mm. I was like that for a long time. Mm. That's probably why I moved away from here. Because it was, I was doing, I was doing too much. You doing too much. So, so what made you decide to have a kid? I didn't decide. It happened. <laughs> I, what I decided was I must stop trying to not have kids. So it got to a point where I had a really bad experience at a young age. And I, I've told this story a few times, not a lot, but I had a really bad experience where um, I had 
I had a girlfriend in high school who got pregnant. Mm-hmm. She had an abortion. Uh, that that kid would have been like damn near forty years old now or something. Um, I had another girlfriend when I got out of high school that got pregnant. She had an abortion, mm-hmm. and then I I got a third girlfriend pregnant, and we talked about it, and she's like, she said. The only way I have this baby is if we get married. I'm like, well, whoa, we ain't getting married. And she's like, well, I'm not having no baby. And I went with her to the place. And they called me in the room. There's like, she she needs you. So I go in this room while this thing is going down. It's like these noises and stuff. And and I'm I'm trying not to look, but I messed up and I looked. And I could never erase what I saw. Uh, I was, we, we left. She was like major depressed. She wouldn't talk for days. And then my birthday came around and and my girlfriend just cried all like hours and hours and hours. And I finally got her to stop crying and just say, what's wrong? And she said, this has messed me up for life. This is why I didn't have no kids. She said, um, she said, I didn't want to have an abortion. I just wanted you to say that you didn't want me to have an abortion. And she said, "It's your the reason why she was crying, she said, it's your birthday. And the only birthday present I, was, I had for you, I was going to tell you I was pregnant with your son. And I just took all that, like, like, like yeah. I was trying to do the right thing. Like, right. She's like, I don't want to get married. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get married. Well, we can't have this baby. I'm, I'm sitting there trying to do the right, right. man yeah. thing. And mm-hmm. she's like, I just wanted you, all when we was driving up, walking up, I just wanted you to say, don't do it. Mm. And I didn't say it. Yeah. And after that, that was that was the end of my, like, just, you know, I, I think to make a baby, you got to, like, do it, do it, do it. And then when you come, you got to let go and just fall and just let it go and just sink in and just <laughs> marinate. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but but I, I thought that in my mind. I'm like, you got to fall and relax and stay in there. Is that nah. what you did at 52? <laughs> exactly. That's what I didn't do until I was 52. Yeah. That's what I didn't do. I didn't fall and relax and li- and I'll jump out and run away. And I, I had many arguments like, wow. why you keep doing that? And I just, I'm a porn star. How does anything? I say anything. <laughs> but I'm, you're, not, you're not getting this. So if it, if it wasn't strapped, then it was I was it was all over the room. It was anywhere but in there. <laughs> but it was I think if I, I I haven't had therapy, but if I did have therapy, I think it's it's some other things in there. Yeah. And you need to go get that done. You need and, to go. And yeah. I, but I'm gonna tell you, like, my daughter is very therapeutic to all of that stuff. Mm. To yeah. all of that all of those uh dysfunctional things that I was Believing and stuff. Yeah, I think she kind of got rid of a lot of that. So now I'm like, okay, I'm a granddaddy, daddy. That's what I call it because <laughs> all my homies is granddaddies, and their kids are their grandkids are the same age as my kid. <laughs> so I call myself I'm a granddaddy, daddy. Which you know, grand when you're a grandfather, you treat your grandkids better than you treated your own kids because mm-hmm. you like you're a better father at this time, <laughs> <laughs> right, V? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I'm, I feel like um. Being a late bloomer as a father is a is a blessing for a guy like me. I don't think I would have did it right at a young age. I yeah. do, I, I think I would have these uh, 
really dysfunctional relationships with my kids that my older kids that I would have had. And I'm kind of glad I didn't do it because I, I would have been a bad person. What type of value you think you're gonna have to instill into your daughter so she won't make the wrong? Decision? I'm gonna do like I did everybody else. Just give her the game. Do run with it. Run with it. Mm. It's the game. You you could, you know, it, yeah. it will set you free, but it also <laughs> it also turn around and bite you. Mm. So what's like what's some shit that you like to do, like when you're not being too short that you enjoy or you know what I'm saying that you like. Like getting done, like activities, or you know, what I'm saying anything like that. Like, I'm just a social guy, man. I'm a social guy. I, I do anything that we can do as a group. We go out and kick it. I don't care if it's uh, bowling, go to Top Golf. <laughs> I don't care what it is. We can go. We can go uh, get on the water on some jet skis. You ever been ziplining? I was ziplining. I never ziplined, but I, I feel like a ziplining in Hawaii is in my near future. That's one of the things. I'm, it's funny you said that because that's one of the things. That I always been saying, like, bro, I gotta do this. Yeah. And I just ain't never been in the right place, right time to do it. And I don't wanna do it like indoor somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna be outdoors. If you fall, you Hawaii gonna... or Costa Rica? Dudes don't go to Costa Rica to zip line. <laughs> 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 what they go for, don't ask me. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they go for. <laughs> Stop playing. Oh, God. They said they need Elsa's. About what? Will I get big fat? Big fat, big fat. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of times you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is there any lyric, a song, a verse you would take back? Like, oh man, I mean, so certain words like change the meaning, change over the years. It get a little, a little political. Um, mm. You know, you have a um, lyrics that uh, would be too much for today's society. Culture, society yeah, you know? For sure, I've said some things that you know, but I mean, but a, l- a large part of what I was doing was like. It was like shock rap, you know. I was saying, I was writing this stuff down. Like I'm writing a song, and I'm writing the punchlines before I even write the song. So I'm like, I'm gonna say, uh, she she uh, she choked on sperm in her windpipe and died. That's that was that's the punchline. Mm-hmm. So then I write, the, I wrote a song called Blowjob Betty, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I know the end of the song. She, she gonna choke on the sperm and die. Now I have to figure out how she got to that. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. So be the words are sensitive no for like for like rap and comedians and all that shit like. I know like I, I feel bad for the comedians man cause that's that's like you let not letting loose on an audience member or on a topic was like that's that's what comedy is right. and now a comedian can't say the stuff they supposed to say the stuff we can't say and now they can't say it so you know rappers we're in that category too you think the council culture would have got a hold of you back in the day if you if it was now you know how they counsel people and shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they would even let a two short get in the game. Mm. Like, cause I was, damn. I'm like, 
I dropped yeah. the bitch. I beat the bitch up and dropped her off at Kaiser. <laughs> like she was in the trunk of the car. I yeah. like they're like, get rid of this nigga now. <laughs> you got to go. Mm. You had to keep it independent. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I said some stuff, but you know, it, like I said, the balance, the balance of too short has always been the humor. Mm. Like right. like make it funny. Like like did know? this nigga really just say that? Like like make it funny. And I I I have a very special way of wording like negative things about women. Mm. Every time I say something negative about a woman, a woman, I say her. So I say I'm talking about her. Mm. So you listening? I'm not talking about you. I'm mm. talking about her. Mm. And you mm-hmm. like yeah, I know a bitch like that. But so, so it always it never falls yeah. on you. Yeah, it's not in general. Yeah, it's, it's just you know. And then you know you gotta in real life you gotta realize um, that all women are bitches. Like you when you like bitch, I'm not bitch that'll fuck you up. You 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 claiming that? You know what I'm saying? Like that's my bitch. You, you claiming that? She she's yeah. Uh, that's my bitch. Those that's my, are my bitch. Bitches. Exactly. Yeah. But you know when uh when that shit don't apply with that that word against get a nigga fucked up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Which album or song you think made the biggest impact in your career though? Um, Life is Too Short sold the most. It's the only one I got that's double platinum. I, um, Blow the Whistle is the most impactful song I ever mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. I made that when I was 40 years old. Album number 16. Mm. Um, like mainstream, but I think I think getting it, getting it, I was, I was gonna say, say it probably the, yeah, it probably it was the most pivotal, pivotal album for what Niggas. I was doing. Like it, yeah. it was musically is my favorite album because we had been doing some stuff up until that point that we perfected on that album, right? And then I turned a corner after that album where it wasn't the same production crew anymore, and you could tell. Yeah, like you could tell. I never captured that sound again. Mm-hmm. Like that's the classic two short sound from like born to Mac to like getting it. That's too short. Yeah. And then I was doing, all, you know, I went to other places and other things and right. extended the career with the help of Lil John and Jazzy Faye and, yeah. you know, start doing different stuff. Lil John style. Lil John took me out the trunk of the car and put me in the club. And uh, I thank him for that. Cause yeah. I was never trying to make club songs until I got with him. And then all of, and then there's people now that go, man, you hear too short, make too short, make that music going to shake your ass. I'm like, that really wasn't me at first, but I, I, I learned how to do it. If you say so, <laughs> for real. What feature you see yourself in 2022 doing? Like, if you could call out a feature that you want to do, who would it be? Right now, I'm trying to get out with Big Sean because you know I fuck with Detroit like that. Um, um you would have killed. I don't fuck with you. He told a story that he he was he was on the fence. He would have killed mm. that shit. That he, like, he was gonna call me, then he then then switched to forty. But I mean, he did the right he did the right thing tapping into the bay for that one. Yeah, mm. yeah. I started to do a remix for that song that that was called. Um, it's not too late. It was it was kind of corny. The concept was kind of corny, but I, it came across <laughs> my mind. I was gonna do a song called "I Do Fuck with You," and it was it was about the bitches like I. I really do fuck with you, bitch. Like, <laughs> like when they say we don't love them hoes, I'm like, no, nigga, we love the hoes. <laughs> they say they get the money, right? <laughs> hey, we got this shit called Big Fast Friday too. We just talk about just random life stuff. So, what would you say to a homeboy or a man if he, let's use the term, going outside by the female? Like, 
like basically not the player, the pimp, but he on the other side of it. Like maybe he giving her money, she taking it to somebody else or whatever. But this is one of your people. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you do to try to maybe? I don't know the word to save him or would you try to intervene or would you just mind your business if I say my homie was being like a super trick in a situation going outside or a super simp going outside uh, what do we say in Oakland shit cause that's just like some, like it's not a lot of sympathy for bitch ass niggas you know like it's just not a lot but this your partner though he just caught one female that just fucking with his brain and this is not the he player did, you did. Uh, you said he, he always been he there. Did, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think how you. How you. So you just let him go drown. You supposed to save him before that happens, not after the fucking shit happens. You can't come back from that shit. I'm trying mm. to think. Uh, Cause I, I just I, I have no sympathy. I'm like, I'm just like, bro, you know, like a bitch, like, like literally, <laughs> like as a dude, I, I don't have no feelings for your feelings. Mm. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's mm. like, nigga, like we actually, you know, what we gonna do. I, I don't know what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell fucking jokes in your face till you fucking, <laughs> till you fucking, till you cry some more. Right. And till you fucking, the jokes is funny to you too. Like, fucking. Right. Yeah. Like, we, I mean, we, it's, it'll get real intense. Like, if we was on the tour bus, on the tour bus, you can't run, you can't right. hide. We on the bus. For hours. And you got your heart broke last year. That shit coming up. Like, remember mm-hmm. what old girl did that you last year? I mean, we running that for like hours. Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, I, I didn't have the homies dig into me. Like, I'm like, you like wiping a tear. <laughs> like, niggas laughing so hard at you. Like, damn, bro. Like, damn. Like, I mean, I fell in love. The niggas call me Shorty the Lover. Like, I had an album called Shorty. My album's called Shorty the Pimp. The niggas call me Shorty the Lover for like a year. Like, me, you ain't Shorty the Pimp, nigga. Like, it wore me out. Man, you still at it? Uh, what album? So you about to put out an album? What number is this? I forgot. I lost count. You lost I, count. I feel like it's twenty something, like low twenties, like twenty one, twenty two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I lost count because it was album number sixteen, and I, I remember sixteen. That was getting it out. That was mm-hmm. on the um, Born and Blow the Whistle album. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I lost count after that because I don't know. I don't, I, I stopped giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. I just know it's a lot. <laughs> How often you record though? I'm in the studio two, three days a week. Um, during the quarantine, I did a lot. Like I recorded fifty songs with uh, Cube and E Forty and Snoop Dogg. We got fifty unreleased uh, my Westmore songs. Me personally, during that quarantine, I probably knocked out about sixty, seventy songs. That is just like you know in the can. Since then, I'm in there like two, three days a week. I go in there and just mess around and you know. Put, put you know fix some songs up and add some stuff I do a lot of verses for other people mm. I feel like that's you know that's a big part of um longevity but mm. is uh you know doing like local songs for people that's somewhere in Indiana and Michigan somewhere and you like mm-hmm. that song might only be in that hood but you famous in that one hood mm. and yeah. I do um I just feel like um I feel like a jazz musician, like a blues singer right now. I feel like for hip hop, if you get to be like my age and you say something like, well, man, I'm, I'm in my fifties, man. I can't rap no more. Then you, you putting a, a limit on hip hop mm. and right. where was the limit on jazz? Could a jazz musician blow that horn and, 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 and play with his band till he was 70, 80 years old? Mm. Uh, how old was B.B. King when he stopped playing? I think he died. He was still playing. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, mm. like when, is it, when is it too old for a blues singer? What about a nigga who never had no success trying to be still me? That is a good one. 
the the rapper who's still trying to get his first hit, been doing it since he was twenty five and he forty and still ain't caught a hit. I'm like, I just, I, I, I really feel bad about that situation because you gotta, man. Unless you're doing it for a hobby and you like <laughs> freestyle battles and you like, you know, open mic and you like. You like recording and listening to it yourself and let let your friends hear it. But if you if you ain't got like a little bit of dust, a little fan base, a little like yeah, like because what if there was one studio session away from that hit though? It don't happen. It's rare, but it don't happen. When in the in your, I don't see people catching their thirties. Yeah, oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you sure. know, um, it's just it's like it's not it's sad, it's sad <laughs> to have a, a person you know right continuously mm-hmm. keep making records and mm-hmm. every time they hit play you like maybe this gonna be again it's whack again right it's whack like right. I'm, I'm talking whack like can't nobody listen to the whack right like, like ears bleeding whack and then you can't even tell a person like that like bro you just ain't got it because they don't they like, be, oh, you, you hate, become you hate, a hater like Banco you hate it so I feel bad in that situation man like this ain't for everybody man. Like this ain't for everybody. Like, like even like I feel the same way about producers. It's some dudes that been sliding me beats for fifteen years. Ain't slid me one dope beat yet. <laughs> I'm like, bro, like you're not good at this. Like, right. like, and, but like you said, you could catch a hit. I don't know. Yeah. It's been it's been many of rap records that were big records that I first heard and was like, oh, that's whack. Yeah, and then, nah, it, and sure. then it actually grows on me later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm right. like, damn, I didn't even like that at first, but I I I, I give that to hip hop, but. The old dudes trying to break in the game, that's 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 kind of funny, man. That's <laughs> kind of funny being a little showcase and all the little young homies come out rapping and this one old dude come out. He got the flow. It's all serious, but like, bro, you're not going to make it. Oh, man. They're not letting you in the game. It's oh, like a party. Some people just can't get in. Some people Facts. just can't get in. So let me ask you this. What other things are you into or what like other shit do you have going on outside of the music that generates you income and that you're like pretty much setting up for the longevity for you and your daughter and the rest of your family. I mean, the merch is good. I'm from California. The marijuana is making a lot of money. I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling in all that stuff. Um, I'm definitely, um, you know, seeking like, um, some, some place to land with the two short story. It could be, uh, the documentary. Uh, I, 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 a documentary or a cool. biopic but we movie. going to the movie yeah. we going for the okay. six episodes we going for the yeah. three, three seasons we doing something yeah 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 we doing something so all that's there um, definitely um, getting into like you know like what what can you do if rap ain't making you money Like, have I, you ever touched on real estate or anything not necessarily real estate to make money mm-hmm. but like Putting money in places and getting money back, I'm into that thing. Like, um, like my guys is just now really like getting me to get deep into like the whole little startup investments and the yeah, yeah, and, you know, just flip flipping the money, let the money, let the money make money. Yeah. You see so, all that money Nas made off Ring. So I'm in, I'm in a situation now where I'm, I'm kind of like being educated on something that I feel like we all should get at at a young yeah. age. I feel really bad that I didn't get at it a long time ago, Same. but it's just like. You, you, we always think like, how, what can I do to make money? But then, when you get the money, what can the money do to make money? Yeah. That's a whole different thing that we don't think about because yeah. we're we're right. programmed, and as you know, it's uh, young and dumb is something you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But damn, if he was young and smart, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we programmed to get this shit right here. We gotta go get this shit. I'm like, I look at them chains. 
and I'm adding up. I'm like, okay, this nigga got on five ninety thousand dollar chains. He could have put that money to work. You know what I'm saying? The car cost uh, three hundred. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it just ain't adding up like to what you could have did with that money. And I'm like, gotta be young and dumb though. But young and dumb has one major flaw. If that's the only bag you're gonna get, mm-hmm. you, know, you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know. I, I can I can sit here and say I fucked off the first bag and the second bag, <laughs> but a nigga went back at it. Yeah. And at some point, if if you was smart, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at athletes. There's some smart athletes that didn't really get into the cars and mm-hmm. houses in multiple cities. Niggas knew they was only gonna play for five years and kept that money and put it to work. But it's other motherfuckers. You're like, I know I seen this nigga make eighty million. How's he broke? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know that's. That's um that's something that hip hop, uh, Jay Z's uh, album with all the wisdom. Four 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 four. It was like the it yeah. was like the OG spitting to all the yeah. young homie, but yeah. I don't think it really resonated on, right. on how serious he was. Right. You want to get to where I'm at? Like he was telling you, but you know what I'm saying you kind of still like jamming, and we still. I'm just saying, bro. If you smart, if you smart, that's the, I didn't do it, but if you put that young money to work. You, you, you yeah. later on in life you'll be like okay wealthy yeah, over exactly. rich wealthy but, for sure. sure so like if you had like some last final closing words to say to the people about Too Short and your legacy everything you have going on whatever you have coming up what would it be all oh. of the Big Facts viewers and Big Facts world don't get mad if you find out I fucked your mama <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. That's 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 my new that's my new joke. That's my new joke. If your mama was that freak Nick ninety four, she was probably a victim. She was probably a victim. If your mama used to work at Nikki's VIP, she was probably a victim. <laughs> nah, I'm fucking with y'all. No, you're not. <laughs> nah, you know, I just uh, I just think um. The, the the generational separation, the mm-hmm. ageism in hip hop is kind of stupid because for one, you you are OG and you're looking at these youngsters sliding the game, they're getting money, they got hit records, you see it and you're going, that shit is trash. How is it trash if this nigga's making all this money and all these people like what he's doing? How is that trash? Because when I was a young nigga, they said it was trash. And I knew what the value of it was. I knew people loved it. And then you just hating on them because it's different than what you did. You ain't, you like, man, he ain't spitting bars. Like, well, I talked to the young homies. They said he's spitting bars. I was um, was in a room full of everybody that knew Young Thug lyrics. I was the only nigga in the room that didn't know the lyrics. I couldn't hear what he was saying. And they all singing. I'm like, nigga, y'all hear what he's saying? It's like, yeah, nigga. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not hating on it, but I'm like, my ear can't hear the words, but they all knew it. So I'm like, yeah. I see the value in it. Mm. I, right. I see it. I see it. I see the nigga pull up with a fleet of Rolls Royces. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's quality. So on the flip side, then the young homies, the, the OGs make the young homies mad. They like, man, fuck these old niggas, man. Get y'all old asses out the way. Facts. Yeah, and yeah. I just say to the young homie, because I'm different than the other OGs. I'm like, nigga, you wish you could walk out on the stage at 56 years old and the crowd be sold out and they pay you $50,000. You wish at the age of 25 that twice your life from now, you'll still be getting money doing what you're doing right now. You wish. And I just think that ageism in, in hip hop is it's dumb as fuck. Like it, 
it, you don't you don't gotta listen to my music if you're 19 years old. I don't gotta listen to your music if you're a 19 year old artist. Yeah. But respect is a different is a different thing. Like I respect your hustle, right. and I, I think some of the OGs don't respect the young homies' hustle. Mm-hmm. They looking at it like mm-hmm. oh, your flow whack. But then the young homies, you know what I'm saying? Some of them don't see that 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 thing that it's gonna be a lot of obstacles in your future. Shit that might get you killed. Shit that might stop your bag from coming through. Uh, you know what I'm saying? A lot of things. You you go in the label and slap the wrong executive, they're going to sh- shelf your ass. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you can c- cuss them out on the phone, they're going to shelf your ass. And you just don't know what your future might be. So if you do have that in your cards to where 10 years into your career, they love you, 20 years mm-hmm. into your career, they love you, that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing to be like, OG, right. get out the way. You're going to wish you're you wish you going to be an OG one day. You wish. So right. it's like the ageism is dumb to me because both sides, the argument... You can't win that argument if you argue with me. If you're a young nigga trying to tell me how old niggas is whack or vice versa, you can't win that argument with me. Cause and you sitting at home and I'm on tour. Yeah, you can't You can't win. You can't, yeah. uh, I, I sit in the room mostly with old dudes trying to explain to me that the new shit is whack. And I'm like, okay, let's let's dissect it. How is it whack? And then when, they, when, you, when you realize, well, the beats, they love it. They love it. The beats is look, go to the clubs and look, look at the reaction. Mm-hmm. And then look at the money they getting. That's the end of mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. that's the end of that's the argument. Shit, yeah, that's the end of the argument. Mm-hmm. Hey, so it can't be whack if niggas getting money off of it. Like we, we, as hip hop, we got to really look at this ageism thing and kind of, kind of let it go. I feel like ageism in hip hop is the same thing as colorism in modeling and acting. All the isms, yeah. <laughs> Sexism, all the isms. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. What we doing, Scream? Sure. Appreciate you, man, for pulling up on big facts. You know, what I'm yeah. saying. I watched the show a lot. I was looking forward to doing it, man. And um, because you know, I keep my TV on revote in the studio. There right. you go. There you go. And uh, I see, I see a lot of you know, you guys do good interviews and shit. Appreciate y'all, that, my y'all man. niggas come up here and keep it real. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was prepared. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. There you go. There you man, go. we we honored to have a legend in the building, man. I appreciate God. you following through. Too short on Big Facts, www.bigfactspod.com. Salute! You're listening to Big Facts with Big Bank and DJ Scream. Follow Big Facts on social media at Big Facts Pod. Big Bank and DJ Scream bring you Big Facts. Hey, man, it's all the way up. Ladies and gentlemen! That merch ends. Yes! Yeah, that's right. www.bigfactspod.com. Yeah. With the real ones one time. Y'all come get y'all some of this merch, man. Bigfactspod.com. Let's get it. Get that merch right now. Shop with us. It's all the way up. Big Fat Merch. It's going down. Visit the new website today. www.bigfactspod.com. Visit now. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.